Wisconsin's afternoon news is on the air. Broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in beautiful downtown Milwaukee. Here's John McCure. All right, all right. Hope your Tuesday's going great. Sandy Max is here. So is Greg Matzik. Debbie Lazic is here. Adam Roberts is producing the show. And thank God Aaron Rodgers is not here. Three stories we're following today. This is the three. At three on Wisconsin's Afternoon News. All right, Sandy, what's up first? Uh, West Bend man facing numerous misdemeanors after nearly three dozen dogs were seized at a Washington County property last month. The guy's name is Russell Quasas. He's 67 years old from West Bend. He faces all these charges because folks who live near him complained that on a day where there was a 14 below wind chill, that dogs were tied to trees with apparent inadequate shelter, food, and clean water. Sure enough, they went out there to investigate. 20 dogs were chained up outside in freezing conditions. Mm. The chains on their necks so tight that the hair will never grow back. Others were in crates lined with dirty pizza boxes that were infested with rodent feces. So the dogs, Jack Russell Terriers, were seized from the property. The good news is that the dogs are expected to survive. And be adoptable. Yep. So they have minor ailments, but they're going to they're going to survive. Yeah, and they'll be up for adoption. God soon. bless all the good work the Washington County Humane Society uh, does. And yeah, that's the second big animal seizure in uh, I think the last one was like in September. So yeah, no no good. All right, what's up next? The Milwaukee Public Museum unveiled the time travel gallery this morning that will be featured in the new museum building. Senior exhibition designer at Think Design Oronde. Wright says the galleries will appeal to all ages and won't rely on screens to get you immersed. It's not something that you can just see on a screen, on a TV, or on a phone. It's something that is three-dimensional. It's in physical space. You react to physical spaces in a different way and being able to use sound, sometimes sense, lighting effects, all these different things that uh, tease and pull on the senses. All right, so our producer, uh, Adam Roberts, actually went over to this event. What was the coolest thing about what's going to be happening over there, Adam? So I've posted on our Twitter at 620WTMJ, there was a video I took of the reef display, one of the dioramas, and they have a projection set up so it looks like you're underwater. It's one of the ways that they're going to enhance some of the things that already exist while still bringing them over to the new facility. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it is very cool video, so check it out at WTMJ.com. All right, Sandy, what's the third thing? Bobby on the big screen. Bucks forward Bobby Portis set to star as Earl Lloyd in the upcoming film Sweetwater. This is Bobby Portis sharing why he's excited for the movie. The film is just going to be great, especially for kids that don't, you know what I'm saying, don't know the game like that and the history of the game, and uh, we're just bringing it back. So Earl Lloyd was the first African-American to play in an NBA game. And, Greg, this is really cool, not only because it's about Earl Lloyd, but Bobby Portis's profile just continues to rise. It really does. You feel like his time in Milwaukee has helped boost his relevance on a national stage. Richard Dreyfuss is in this movie, by the way, so it's like a legit cast. Uh, and Bobby is playing a very important role, a very key figure in basketball history. I would check this out for sure. It's all in the eyes, don't you think? <laughs> With Bobby, it always <laughs> yep, that for sure is. It is 314 at WTMJ. A tragic story you've been hearing about all day involving four Americans who went down to Mexico for a medical procedure, and a couple of them were killed. We've got the latest information from Jim Ryan, who is in Texas. That's straight ahead right here on WTMJ.
want to bring you up to speed on this tragic story that took place in Mexico. Two Americans were kidnapped and found dead. Two others that were also kidnapped have been found alive. One of them is injured. ABC's Jim Ryan is in Dallas, and he is with us this afternoon. Uh, Jim, what is the latest? Hey, John. Yeah, we're still coming up with theories. The investigators have told ABC News that the gunman who took those four Americans hostage may have targeted them because they thought they that they were part of a rival group of human smugglers, human traffickers. There's a, a, a big competition there among human traffickers, the traffickers for control over the smuggling routes into the U.S. And so it's thought, at least according to investigators, that the gunman who is sort of uh, came upon this minivan and uh, it opened fire on it, took the four people hostage, thought that they were also human smugglers. Turns out they weren't. Latavia McGee and her three friends, including one of her cousins, they were all in Mexico because Latavia McGee was having some cosmetic surgery done down there. And they simply ended up in the wrong place at the wrong time, ended up being kidnapped. Boy, this is such a tragic story, Jim. And there's video of of some of this, uh, which is unbelievable. Yeah, there is video. I mean, uh, here and there, of course, people have cell phones and they captured some of the video of of, of the initial kidnapping and and then uh, still images of what happened after that. So, yeah, there are some pretty shocking videos out there of, of how this all unfolded. The State Department has a do not travel warning in place for that area of Mexico that's, I guess, just across from Brownsville, Texas. It does, yes. Uh, and there have been cartel activities there and uh, up the river. You know, the, the whole 1,200-mile border between Texas and Mexico has been uh, sort of hot in the last couple of years. Lots of cartel activity, violence on either side of the border or on the other side of the border. Juarez over at El Paso, uh, Nuevo Laredo by uh, Laredo, Texas, and then down in Matamoros across from Brownsville. And the advisory from the State Department came the same day as this kidnapping. So uh, evidence that it, it uh, really was a serious situation there. So two dead, at least one of the other two has been injured. Do you know the extent of the injuries? Are they back in the United States? They are back in the U.S., yes. And Eric Williams, who uh, was apparently driving that minivan, drove it down into Mexico with the, the three passengers, was uh, shot in the leg. So he had that, that leg injury. Uh, the two were found in a, in a small wooden house on the outskirts of Matamoros earlier today. We're told that they may have been shuttled around throughout the weekend and into yesterday to try to uh, evade the military, the Mexican military that was looking for them. And was somebody at the at the house, like, looking out to kind of keep guards and so no one would find them? Yes, uh, there was one person taken into custody, uh, apparently a man who was, as you characterize him, uh, kind of a, a lookout or a guard who had been posted there. Well, he is in custody. Uh, the two Americans, the, the living ones, are back in the U.S. It's thought that uh, that uh, autopsy will be done on the other two there in Mexico. ABC's Jim Ryan is with us. What is the U.S. doing? Has there been any response? Well, sure. Uh, you know, the State Department is in touch with the, its counterpart agency in Mexico. The White House has been talking with Mexico City. And the U.S. Justice Department is uh, in communication with the Mexican Justice Department to ensure that people are brought to justice. The FBI had actually issued or, or offered a $50,000 reward for information that led to these people, to the discovery of the hostages and the capture of the hostage takers, the, the, uh, the kidnappers. So, uh, yeah, there, there has been that communication and cooperation over the border. And Jim, Mexico's president is also weighing in, right? He has. He, he promised that the, that uh, his government will get to the bottom of this. 
He was holding his weekly briefing, in fact, this morning when he got word from the governor of Tamaulipas State, where Matamoros is, that the, the four had been found, two dead and two alive. So tell us about, you're a Texas guy, tell us about Matamoros and this, this area of Mexico, this border area. Yeah, I've been down there before, and uh, the reason I was there was, gosh, the the early 90s, I think, when uh, there had been an American college student who went down into Matamoros, was kidnapped, and eventually killed, and led to the discovery of a farm or ranch land out there where uh, bodies had been buried. Anyway, uh, Matamoros is about 600,000 people. It's a sprawling community spread out there across the southern tip of Texas on the other side from Brownsville. Uh, lots of poverty there, um, and it is kind of the backdrop for a lot of cartel activity. Drug cartels are battling for control of that community. So, too, are the human smugglers. And that's where these four apparently tripped up. When something like this happens, Jim, this is a very specific area that Sandy mentioned earlier is on the Do Not Travel advisory list. But when something like this happens, does it impact travel spring break other options in other parts of mexico like cancun riviera maya acapulco does it reverberate throughout well it does and this is the last thing that the mexican government wants to see and i think that's why they're being upfront about this and promising to to bring people to justice Uh, but you're right the 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 border area has been quite dangerous for some time but the yucatan peninsula where cancun is where the other resort communities are cozumel it's considered fairly safe. It's uh, lots of tourist uh, spots over there. Baja, California, down on the Mex- on the um, Pacific coast is considered safe. But this that whole region up in the northern, northern part, the northeastern part of Mexico is still considered dangerous. Jim, is this an area that these people were driving through to get to the medical facility where they were going to try and get this procedure? Or is this almost a way to lure people there? Well, no, they, uh, they, she had an appointment. She, had, uh, she was set to go. By the way, about a million people every year, according to the CDC, take part in this medical tourism, it's called, going into a different country, Mexico, Canada, the Caribbean, somewhere else for medical care because it's cheaper. In fact, the procedure, the plastic surgery she was going to get, Latavia McGee, is about half as expensive in Mexico as it is in this country. So it was worth it, she felt, to go down into Mexico. They were on their way to the clinic. We're told that uh, that there was some miscommunication. They couldn't find the clinic. Uh, they, there was uh, a, a, a language barrier, and they ended up in the wrong place there in Mexico, in Matamoros. And that's when they came under fire from this gang of gunmen. ABC's Jim Ryan in Texas. Jim, thank you so much. Thanks, John. Wisconsin's Afternoon News on WTMJ. Snow, 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 snow. Meteorologist Brian Nisnansky joining us on the WTMJ hotline from the TMJ4 Palatial Estate on Capitol Drive. How you doing, you buddy? Right. We're doing good, man. How's, how's things uh, downtown? Good. Your voice sounds a little better, I think, today. Little better. It's not perfect. It's oh, you're like, right. Uh, if, yesterday, <laughs> if yesterday was like a 60%, I'm at about an 80%. Hopefully by the time tomorrow rolls around and we got to start really talking about snow, I'm, I'm close yeah. to 100 all right, let's get right so, to that. So I know for days you've been kind of saying, yeah, there's something likely headed our direction. Now we're a couple of days out. Do we have a, a better idea? Yeah, you know, to give you the best idea I can right now, um, we were debating, Kristen and I, Kristen Kershane and I, of you know whether we were ready to go with snow forecast amounts. Typically our threshold is about 48 hours out. 
um, that would leave us um, with the arrival uh, sometime Thursday evening. And it was close enough. Some of the newer models are coming in that the snow is going to arrive a little bit sooner that we, we do feel pretty comfortable doing forecast amounts. I think much of the area is going to end up with like a five, six inch snowfall uh, with this one. Really? Um, now there is, yeah, there's, and, and that goes for everybody. <laughs> That's not like that's not like only part of the area. I think it's a this this thing is going to be enough for you know large enough that we're talking almost all of southeastern Wisconsin mm. in line for that. Now I think maybe a little bit lighter amounts north and west, but then potentially some heavier amounts right along the lakeshore too. If we get lake effect to kick in, um, I could see over six inches for communities like Milwaukee, Racine, Kenosha, up towards Port Washington. We could be talking about you know. You know, seven, eight inch snowfall. Um, so we'll we'll see how this plays out. As of right now, I feel very confident that much of the area is in line for four to six inches, and maybe we get a little bit more than that in the city of Milwaukee and Lakeside. Well, Brian, I am charmed that you tweeted out, "Don't be mad at the messenger," because I'm watching John Mercure's face, and he is already dreading Friday. But at least yeah. we know Tuesday afternoon to be prepared. If yeah. this does happen, is it for five to six inches? And are you predicting, Brian, that this would be that heavy stuff again? Not as not as terrible as last time. Last time was a ton of sleet. I think we're looking at almost all snow with this one. Maybe a little sleet mixed in, but almost all snow. But it won't be fluffy. It's going to probably have some decent consistency to it. Uh, best way I could describe it right now, its temperature is probably around freezing most of the event. That like perfect snowball making snow. Stuff that is not necessarily like going to blow really easy, but also not like the extremely heavy, wet, sloppy stuff. Best way I could describe it is sucky. Ah, yeah, that's good. I like that. I'm all, I'm all for you. You know, it really depends on the time of the year. I, I've sensed out, you know, I've lived in Wisconsin nearly all my life, um, and I was in Colorado for a year, so I was around snow too. But I, I've learned that the people, half the people who really, really love snow, like through the holidays and stuff, are donezo by now. They're done. By March, It's they don't want any snow. That's me. So, I'm so done. Yep. I'm just, oh, my God. March blows. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. But we really had it pretty easy. We've had quite a lot of miles. Yeah. So, and, and You're right. Least, That's at true. At least we see this coming. That's so true. So you've, you've uh, been great being ahead of the game on, on these Thank on these you. Fronts. Think about it this way, too. Uh, Kristen, Kershane, and I uh, were just talking about um, – Winter of 2014 was brutal cold. We had, I don't know, I'd have to look it up how many below zero days we had, but the Lake Michigan had record ice coverage of 97% during that time frame, or 93, I think, um, 90 something percent. Wow. And, and which was on, was, which was record amount. And I don't even know if we got like 1% coverage on Lake Michigan. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. That was 10 years ago. And Brian Isnansky, that is the winter that I learned the phrase polar vortex. I had never heard that before. Mm -hmm. I think we all kind of learned it. It always existed, but then it got a name. It was bitter. (laughs) All right, before we let you go, let's end it on a positive note. It is National (laughs) Cereal Day. Ah. What's your favorite cereal? Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Oh, <laughs> yes! You hit it out of the ballpark. Do you drink the yeah, milk at the bottom good. of the bowl? Of course, yes. Oh. Of course. And I put a little rum chata in it, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I think that'll help your voice, too, Brian. <laughs> yeah. No, it's always a favorite when I was a kid and, and still love it. It's timeless. Yes. Meteorologist Brian Niznanski. Thanks, Niz. Yep, thanks, guys. So hit the old National Bank talk and text line. What's your favorite cereal? We talk cereal on this National Cereal Day.
855-616-1620. That's the number, 855-616-1620. Old National Bank, get old. Your calls and texts up next. Ooh, yeah. Mm. Hey, yo, man. Ain't nothing like a nice bowl of cornflakes in the morning to smooth you out. Milky. It is National Cereal Day today. I love this day. If I didn't have an awesome casserole sitting at home that my uh, friend Sandy Max made for me, I would probably be having cereal tonight. What, no, no, what's stopping you from doing both? You have leftover casseroles, very clear, mm-hmm. and you love to crush cereal at any hour of the day. That's true. I might do dinner with the Sandy Max casserole, <laughs> and then at 10 o'clock at night, crush a couple bowls of yes, cereal. Yes, now you're living. Yeah, you're right, Matsy. Okay. I would say it's more of a Mike Jakubowski casserole. Because he could it actually make that. Both. I could make a bowl of cereal for you, no problem. <laughs> By the way, if you missed it, uh, Sandy knew I was going to be out of town, and so her and her man Mike know how much I love casseroles, and we've been talking <laughs> casseroles. So they made me a casserole. I came in yesterday, and there was this delicious tuna noodle casserole. It looked beautiful. I posted a picture on my Twitter if yeah. you want to see it. <laughs> Old-fashioned, traditional tuna it casserole. It tasted even better than it yeah. looked. Aww. It had crunchy potato chips on top. <laughs> And it was made so perfectly that even the noodles in it, especially around the edge, they got crunchy a little bit. Mm. Oh, 350 degrees, 30 minutes. Ba-boom! It was serious. It's a it taste sensation. Really good. Okay, but I got off track. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. National Cereal Day. Let's let's go through a panel of experts. I don't know how there could be a panel of experts that we weren't a part of, because we talk cereal all the time. But some panel of experts came up with the five best cereals. They did a couple of things. They they looked at different taste metrics. They looked at how much of each cereal was sold. They looked at advertising. They looked at a bunch of things, and these are the five that they came up with. Let's start with number five. Honey Nut Cheerios. Had a bowl this morning. I love Honey Nut Cheerios. That is a very good choice. Um, Big fan. It left Cheerios in the dust. And do you know what? But do you know what Honey Nut Cheerios uh, little bee is named? Buzzbee. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> I'm charmed by Buzzbee. Almost twice as much Honey Nut Cheerios is sold as regular Cheerios. Sure, because they're sweeter. Yeah, regular Cheerios are like, who wants that? Number four. This is the fourth best cereal, according to the experts. No, I'm out on that. Oh, Mike Spaulding just bought a box. We were talking about it. Just, uh, just a couple Mike minutes Spaulding ago. Mike Spaulding can't smell anything. That's I'm a very good wonder point. if he could even taste anything. <laughs> so I'm in on Raisin Bran I Crunch, like it. but yes. Raisin Bran yes. itself, there's a diff. There's something yes. wrong with the flakes in Raisin Bran, where the, the second that any liquid yep. hits it, it turns into mush. Yeah, but Raisin could. Bran Crunch has got more integrity to it. It works better. It yes. lasts longer. Yes. My aunt likes to let the bowl sit until the raisins oh. plump back up again. I don't know That's what is wrong with her. That's a mushy mess. But no. it wasn't that the the gimmick before was that the raisins would plump up. Yeah, but the but the the, the bran flakes are a mushy pile of mush. <laughs> yeah, something ain't right with the, the the traditional raisin bran flakes. No, but it sounds I, like a lot of people are enjoying getting their fiber. It's the number four cereal. You know, I mean those those bran flakes. They just look at the milk and think about the milk and they wilt. Ah, oh, the milk's gonna get on me, and it turns into mush. It's just that's not the way to go. <laughs> Here's the number three cereal according to the. <clears throat> Experts. Oh, man's got to be careful when he says Captain Crunch. After Grocers, Captain Crunch, the cereal that's named after me. Sweet and golden with a crunch you'll love. Nothing competes with the original Captain Crunch. That's my jam. Yep, that's the original. Crunch berries, but. Oh, oh, that too. Have we all eaten enough Captain Crunch at least once in our lives? 
where it just tears up yes. the roof yeah. of your mouth. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> just demolishes it. Peanut uh-huh. butter, regular, doesn't really yeah. matter. No matter how long it sits in the milk. It's the opposite of Raisin Bran. It's, it's almost, harder. And it's almost like when you bite, when you burn your tongue, all you can feel is your taste buds yeah. for like two days later. You can't heal yeah. the top of you, the roof of your mouth within like three days. I can't eat much of it. I, I, I buy a box occasionally because I buy every kind of cereal, but it sits in the... I, I have a bowl or two and then I can't eat anymore and it just sits there because it hurts your mouth. It's a great Halloween costume too. Oh, it is? Oh, sure, yeah. the with captain, that big The original hat. captain? <laughs> <laughs> this one used to be my favorite when I was a kid. This is what we had all the time. This was our very, very special treat when I was growing up. A good-for-you snack that's great! Great! Tony the Tiger. Great Frosted mascot. Flakes. Yeah, I appreciate mm-hmm. the mascot. Yeah, you're a mascot guy. I really am. Oven toasted flakes that have a special crunch. Just the right amount of milk. It's just Delicious! And I can eat them by the handful. No milk necessary. Mm, that's Truth. a good snack. Truth. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Frosted Flakes is number two. The yeah. number one choice. A drum roll, please. This is, this is, everyone in America would guess this is number one. Cinnamon Toast Crunch? It takes me. Me. And me. Toast Crunch. Yep. Home run. Brian, that's got to be, right? Storm Team 4 meteorologists. Brian Nisnansky's favorite. I crave those crazy little squares. <laughs> They're so good. <laughs> you know what I started doing lately? Is that right now in my pantry, I have a box of Cinnamon Toast Crunch and a box of Reese's Puffs, and I fill the bowl with half and half. Oh, my gosh. It's like chocolate Cinnamon Toast Crunch. So I am down for the hybrid cereal approach, right? Uh-huh. You're getting a little low on one box, and you've got a little more in another box. I like mixing cereals. I don't know why we haven't done this. The people at Post... Or General Mills. Put two cereals in the same idea. box. Let people decide if they want to mix or if they want to go OG. Figure it out. I don't know why they haven't done this before. A potpourri of cereal. That, yes. is, a, that is an interesting cereal combination idea. Hmm. Maybe you've come up with a million-dollar idea I right did, Maybe. John, and John, I've got this idea in my head. I can't get it yeah, out of what my you head. Uh, there's an episode of Cheers where Norm has an opportunity to get a job as a beer taster, and he totally botches the interview because he's so excited he just freaks out. <laughs> I can imagine you in a similar setting, right? As a cereal taster, we're bringing John Mercure in. You're going to oh, get paid to do this. so good. And he would just lose it. You would not be able to compose yourself in an interview setting. That could be the case. I would be awfully excited. <laughs> I mean, interviewing a sitting president's pretty good, but getting to taste cereal for a living? Yes. That would be the apex of my broadcasting career. If we could do segments on that, I could go undercover. <laughs> <laughs> be really good. I do have to tell you, there are fans on the old National Bank Talk and Text Line at 855-616-1620 who, before you even did your countdown, Cinnamon Toast Crunch is the unanimous, excitable cereal. This guy makes a great point. Don and Racine is saying, so from time to time, I try to sneak my son the generic Cinnamon Toast Crunch because it's cheaper, and I get called out every time. Oh, yeah, that is not the same. Yeah. There's a, there's a <laughs> consistency is not the you same. Know. You just yeah, know. Yeah, for sure. Frosted shredded wheat, and if frosted isn't available, have it with vanilla ice cream. <laughs> there There's a combination instead of combining cereal, combine yeah. it with your ice cream. I'm actually surprised Lucky Charms didn't make the list. I like those. I don't like any cereal with marshmallows. Oh, that's the best part is the tiny marshmallows. I don't like the marshmallows. Well, more yeah. for me. Yeah, exactly.